All right, welcome back to the show, everybody. If you've been listening along so far, really appreciate it. If this is your first time listening to the show, welcome to In the Dirt. We pretty much talk about everything dirt and uh, heavy equipment related. Today's episode is going to be all about the uh, heavy equipment used parts market, and I've got Matt of Brickers Parts here today. So welcome, Matt. Hey, thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, it's it's funny how we initially got connected. Uh, I was over Instagram, and I was putting up some some videos on my story of a 1250 up in um, Sand Hills Materials up in uh, northern BC. You reached out, and you said, hey, I didn't, didn't know we had uh, you know that big of Komatsu excavators in in BC and it kind of conversation started from there and before I knew it I was down at the the HQ there and I was very grateful to get a, a tour and learn a bit about a company I frankly knew nothing about it until you, you we started the started talking over Instagram so no that's uh it's, it's honestly crazy that um we hear that more often than not which is uh it's motivating for us to you know get our name out there and you know share with people about who we are what we do um you know and, and basically how we can provide assistance to the heavy equipment industry you know both in canada and the united states and it's interesting to me i've i've didn't know anything about you guys but i think today we'll we'll kind of open a lot of people's eyes up to the used and refurbished parts market that kind of goes on behind the scenes i didn't know anything about uh, brickers so i think the best person to kind of lay the foundation and tell us a bit about the companies is yourself as you're one of the key sales and account managers at Brickers. So could you tell us a bit about the company and, and kind of how it's grown over the years? Absolutely. Yeah. So Tim and Doreen Brown uh, founded the company back in 1999. So we've been going for 21 years, um, you know, started with, uh, with a single cab and built it out of their property. They had a barn in the back, you know, with a lot of motivation, a lot of dreams and a lot of luck along the way. And, um, you know, over the 21 years, we've expanded to our, you know, 44,000 square foot, five and a half acre shop here in Maple Ridge. You know, starting from, you know, the Tim and Dreen, just two people. We now employ 36 people full time. Um, yeah, it's, it's been a lot of fun to be a part of the journey. Um, I've been with the company for seven years and, I, I was with the company in their old facility and in, in this kind of the small, um, you know, back behind the house shops and to see it take that large, large step to becoming a, a major player in the parts industry has been, it's been very rewarding. I've, I've certainly enjoyed my time being here. So I got to see the yard when you had me down to the, the, the office there and it's, it's spectacular to see all these, these parts of, of excavators and wheel loaders lined up and, and kind of, you know, it's it's something that you don't get to see as compared to like a heavy equipment dealership. Could you explain to the listener base, you know, the spectrum of parts that you offer for someone who may not know anything about uh, kind of the parts you offer? Oh, totally. Yeah. So we specialize in John Deere and Hitachi excavators, and certainly we're diving more and getting aggressive in the Caterpillar line of equipment, um, Komatsu's casing belt. So there's really no uh, manufacturer that we won't take a look at and we won't try to, you know, su- uh, supply support for. Um, our main focus is having the 14 major components of these units rebuilt in stock, ready to ship. Uh, you, you being a customer would give us a call looking for a major component. We have one to sell you on an exchange basis and that afternoon we'd be getting it on truck heading over to you, helping you get your machine back up to work. So how do you acquire 
these these parts? I know there's a lot of used parts that come in, and you obviously will get to it in a bit, but you refurbish a lot too. But how, what's the process like for acquiring used parts? Are you are you buying single pieces, or is this entire machines that are being purchased and and, and taken apart and salvaged piece by piece? What is that? What's that process look like? Well, it's a bit of combination of both. So, um, the most of our components come from machine purchases. Um, you know, both being at auctions or, or private sales. Um, you know, certainly when you buy a machine at auctions, you know, you get some real gems through there, and uh, it, obviously, it, you know, it shows me you can be very um, very concerning buying a piece of iron from the auction, not knowing its history, not knowing uh, what running condition it truly is in. Um, fortunately for us, you know, we have the opportunity to go through and we're actually tearing down that that excavator or that machine. We're going to go through and rebuild all the components in-house. So we get to basically put our, um, you know, get our fingerprints all over it. We're able to go through and do our quality control, the whole process. So in that respect, yes, we, we do buy complete machines. However, on the flip side, you know, we're, we're always looking to purchase if guys have, you know, cores kicking around or if you're able to kind of build up the inventory for piece by piece, you know, there, there's certainly that option as well. Are auctions the only place you get equipment from? No, sorry, also private sales as well. So, you know, word of mouth, you know, machines laying around in guys' yards, guys looking to move on from something, trade-ins. You know, we, uh, you know private sales is also another aspect for our purchasing. And you know, the auctions do a great job and they provide a great service, but you really hit the nail on the head there. There's, there's some real gems that, that come out of some of the auction sites. It's, it's, you just you think, wow, like how could someone run a piece of, of gear to this, this point? And it's, you know, it, it, it also brings light to the fact that every piece of equipment has an end use. You know, someone may not buy that to put back to work, like a contractor may not buy that to put to work, but for a company like Brickers, to come in and buy that, that's invaluable to be able to strip those parts and salvage and even refurbish a few pieces. Yeah, it also extends the life of other people's equipment. Uh, you know, you're able to sort of be a, a recycler per se, instead of going in and being on the consumer market and, and buying new, you're able to repurpose something that would otherwise just go to, to, to garbage or scrap and, and able to extend the life of other pieces of equipment that, you know, are, are certainly nearing the end of their life. So it's, it's kind of nice to, to feed that program right back into the system. So Brickers buys a lot of hydraulic powertrain components of that sort, anything like cabs, booms, um, from whole pieces of equipment or, or on their own. What's the process for refurbishing these parts in-house? Uh, well, it all starts to having the right people and the shop space to do it. So um, certainly a benefit is being able to have our guys do the job from start to finish, you know, the disassembly, the inspection, um, you know, the, the parts ordering, um, the rebuilding, the testing, you know, having our guys have their fingerprints on that product from start to finish certainly helps with the quality control of your product by the end of it. So, you know, the, the team's done a great job to, you know, build our shops and build our, our, our personnel to have the tools to, to be able to take care of that from start to finish. So it, it's really nice to have um, for me on the sales side, you know, it certainly allows me to, to sell a, a product with full confidence, um, you know, knowing that you have full control of that process from start to finish. What, what goes into hydraulic and, and, and powertrain component refurbishing? Like what's, what's the process behind those particular pieces? 
Um, it really comes down to to knowing your product and knowing what tolerances you know the wear components have. So you want to go through, you want to inspect, you want to see what is like new condition, what needs to be replaced. Um, but then also having the inventory that you can take care of that, uh, put the new parts, put in the uh, the usable parts back into the unit, um, and finally testing it. You know, you're not just slapping it back together, you know, bolting it back up and crossing your fingers and hoping it's going to sh- you know work on the customer's machine. Having the test bench and having um, you know the testing procedures to make sure that that component is going to be effective and it's going to work on the customer's machine certainly helps the process. When I got the chance to visit the yard, I noticed you sell a lot of refurbished cabs. And frankly, yeah. for me, I had no idea that was even a piece most people considered um, replacing and buying. I thought it was mainly just powertrain components, hydraulic components. You know, you crack a boom or a stick, you need a new piece there, a new, a new cylinder. Um, but, but cabs, tell us a bit about the process behind refurbishing those and what kind of a market, you know, that is. Yeah, it, it's a really, really interesting market to be in because it's, it's one of those components that a guy doesn't have a light expectancy on a cab. Um, in respects to like an engine or a pump or a cylinder, you, you're expecting to get a certain amount of hours out of that component. Um, a cab is one of those pieces you rather need it or you don't. So it, when a guy does need it, he's back is usually against the wall and needs to get that machine back up and running um, to continue his job and, and to get that machine back to making money. So having those cabs uh, rebuilt in stock, ready to ship, um, it's how we started our business. It's where we, you know, it's where our roots were put down. And um, yeah, the, the the process is is very very similar to the, um, you know, to a component. You know, our team will dismantle that to a bare shell. We'll analyze the damage, inspect how it needs to be repaired. Um, you know, and then it just goes through the process. You know, you get your straightening, you get your you know your body work, you get your paint, uh, your reassembly, um, and certainly for the ROPS cabs, we we do have an engineer that works. Um, works with us here and, you know, get the cabs recertified. Is there a big market for cabs? I'm I'm curious at, at this point, do they sell a lot? Are they really a common piece that moves in and out of the yard? They do it, it. It's not as much as what pumps are um, and other major components, just because those ones are needed all the time. Um, you know, I would say it's probably, you know, 20 to 15% of our business is cabs and, but it's just, it's how we, it's our name and that's how we, we got into the industry. It's, it's what we're known for. Um, we do have some customers who only know us as the cab guys and you work and you're certainly building the brand and wanting people to understand that we offer um, themes on the other spectrum. And on the flip side, you know, people who use us for components, it's about growing their knowledge about our company and, and letting them know, hey, if you're ever in a pinch where you do need a cab, well, we're also specialists on that as well. I want to get your thought on rebuilt versus new uh, parts, whatever it may, whatever it may be. If it's you know boom cylinders, uh, hydraulic components, powertrain, um, cabs, obviously, uh, what is what is more cost effective? Yeah, certainly there is a um, certainly rebuilt products are going to be a better cost than new. There's a reason that um, that rebuilt components or rebuilt anything has a market um, to the consumer. You know, new components carry the uh, the new high price tag. And sometimes that doesn't always fit into the budget or the availability. So um, that's where a rebuilt uh, option, you know, slots in nicely. And 
certainly gives uh, the consumer you know a better better deal on the initial investment. In addition to that, refurbished powertrain hydraulic components are they lasting longer than new? And obviously, they're more cost effective. And you know, when you weigh in like a warranty on a new component, what's what's lasting longer, the the refurbished or the new pieces? It really depends on the process. Now, with our quality control systems and the tests that we do in house, we feel confident that a Bricker's rebuilt component will last as long as a new component. Um, you know, all of our rebuilt components are backed with a six month parts warranty. Um, where OEMs might offer a one year parts warranty. When you outweigh the initial cost where a rebuilt component might be half the cost of the new component, you know, that's where it can make sense for a consumer to opt for a rebuild over a new. It's about the initial investment, um, but also that you're getting a very similar quality control. We're going through all the same tests and same procedures as, as what a component would have from new. For someone who doesn't know anything about how the used parts market works, you know, you mentioned there's a, a core-based program. And this, this question actually came up when we were chatting about, you know, does I said, does does Brickers sell global? Do they sell to like the UK and Australia? And you mentioned it's it's mainly just North America-wide, Canada-wide, because it's based on a core program. Could you explain that to someone who doesn't know anything about the uh, how the used market works? Yeah, so our... Our focus is, is taking care of the client, but we don't just want to take care of that client. We want to make sure that there's a component on the shelf ready to go for the next time um, a customer calls looking for that piece. So our business is made on an exchange program where we do rely on getting those cores back, having our team go through, inspect, rebuild that component to put it back on the shelf for the future sale. So on that respect, um, you know, our, our business is mainly focused on a North American market. Um, we're a global market. It, there, there's kind of a couple of different barriers that do get in the way. One is the availability of getting the core back. However, the other uh, difficulty I find is the lead time to get a part to a customer overseas. Um, generally, that doesn't fit into their scope or their repair process. However, you also have, if you want it there fast, you know, when you're shipping big, heavy components, to ship it overseas uh, via air to get it there quicker obviously comes at a premium cost. In terms of stock, like the the used market isn't is is, is nothing like you know new new equipment parts because they can obviously manufacture that. Whereas you guys are are actually going out and sourcing these either whole machines or parts or relying on a core based program. How do you manage keeping inventory and keeping stock for that next customer that needs, say, hydraulic pump for an EX twelve hundred? Yeah, it's, it's, you know the best ability is availability. So our, you know, our, our process is to make sure that one, you have the stock. You know, if we're just buying one machine, um, if you sell that component, you know, you're, you're not going to have that available at the next time. So you, you look to kind of build up a bit of a uh, a bit of a team of components that are, are on the shelf. So if you do sell one, you know, you're not scrambling to get that second or third, um, you know, thrown together to, to go back in stock. So having the parts, um, having the inventory, having the cores available for you to turn over and rebuild um, certainly allows us to make sure that we can keep those on an exchange and, and have them ready to go when a customer needs. And that goes back to our, our the previous question on, kind of how you acquire used parts. And that must be kind of a fun job. You know, you've got a, either yourself or a team of people, you know, they're looking at Ritchie Brothers, looking at other auction sites, uh, looking through your contact list for, for used equipment. 
Yeah, it's 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 kind of you know it's it's one thing to sell, but to to go out there for the hunt and and go buy, um, you know, it's kind of a, a different uh, skill set you need to have. It's a different, um, it, it's it's just fun in its own way. It's it's kind of the the excitement of of going and seeing what's out there, but it's also getting connected with you know people. Hey, what you know what are you running for equipment? What are your needs going to be tomorrow? What are your needs going to be in in three and five years down the road? Um, so yeah, it just it comes with its own excitement. It comes with its own challenges, but it, it's very um, it's very rewarding to to kind of find a deal, um, but to eventually just provide a solution for a customer, um, whether it be getting out of a piece of equipment, um, whether it be finding a solution for a customer later on down the road because you'll have that component rebuilt on the shelf. So you know, it certainly certainly is, is part of the process. And it it really. I've always been a full believer. A good business adds value, and I, I I like your point on the fact that you're extending the life of people's equipment if it's if it's used with your with your parts. You know, you're not just keeping them up and running. You're extending the life so they can keep on using that piece to to make more money. And I I really wanted to get your your thoughts on what's the most common part you see um, sold into the marketplace. For us, it's got to be our hydraulic pumps and our and our uh, valves. Um, you know, they're they're such a complex unit. So having you know our our team um, with the knowledge to have those set up properly, um, but then also the the inventory to make sure you have them on the shelf ready to go. Um, certainly, I, I say those are the are the quickest moving items. Um, you know, if a guy is looking to um, refresh a machine. Usually, the very first place he looks is his hydraulic pumps. How many hours does he have on those? That's you know, it's the the heart of the machine. So, um, I would say hydraulic pumps, and and slowly after that would be valves. On the other side of the spectrum, what what parts tend to have the longest inventory shelf life, but are you know needed the most when the customer calls? Um, for sure, I would have to say booms. Um, you know, just due to the fact as uh, when a guy is looking to replace a boom, um, he's got to factor in cost to repair. Now, the other side that also hurts the boom sales is, you know, they're so big, they're so long. The the cost to move those across North America can certainly kill a deal. So um, I'm sure you noticed when you were here, we've, we've got a, a wall of booms and we try to keep a couple options for, for each model that we do in stock. But uh, just due to the cost of, of moving those to the customers, um, certainly does allow those to feel a longer shelf life uh, item for us. And that's another interesting facet of, you know, making a, a, a use piece of a use part. The right choice is, is how remote is the piece of equipment needing the part? Where is it in North America, Canada and, and, and so forth. So what, like how far have you guys sent parts out in, in, in some scenarios? Uh, well, I remember back in the day, we actually flew a cab to Africa and um, it was a little bit of an interesting job to where the, the door on the aircraft is only 48 inches tall, but your standard cab is 84 inches tall. So, you know, in, instead of sawing the cab in half, you got to get a little creative. Um, you know, so we, we built a metal jig, you know, laid the cab on its side, bolted it to the skid and, and so that way it would fit into the aircraft. So you, you got to get a little creative when it comes to um, customers' needs. And and 
you know, that's probably one of the most rewarding parts about my job is it's not just selling a product to a customer, it's, it's selling a solution. Um, you know, and when you're talking to the customers and you're talking to the end users, you, you kind of sense that uh, the relief that you're able to provide a solution because in the industry, whatever it is, forestry, civil construction, mining, you're only making money if that machine is running. When it's in the shop, it's costing money. So having the solution to put that machine back to the field, um, back, you know, get an operator back in the seat, you know, then the operator is now making money. So providing solutions for these companies and thinking outside the box is, is a real rewarding part of the job. So that one sticks in my mind as being, you know, one of, one of the coolest, um, you know, solutions that, that we came up with for, for getting a cab out to a customer. Do OEMs offer uh, replacement parts similar to what Brickers offers? Because I really feel like, you know, booms and cabs aren't high on the list for, for, for parts, you know, carried at like brand or Finning or something like that. I think at that point, you know, especially if it comes to like a cab, they might say, oh, how about a new machine instead of, well, let's, let's you know, fix, fix this. But do OEMs offer uh, replacement parts similar to what Brickers does? Yeah, so most OEMs actually do offer their own reman divisions or, or reman products, and um, you know certainly that is what they try to push home to the customer. That's um, you know that that's their first option. They want to sell their own product, which is which is totally fair. You know that that that's their business. That's in their house. Um, where Brickers can offer a solution to that is, you know, if a, if a customer has an aging machine. You know, if the machine's only worth twenty five thousand dollars, you know, to put a, a fifteen thousand or twenty thousand dollar final drive into that machine, you know, it just doesn't really make a lot of financial sense. You're exceeding the the value of the machine. So if if the customer if it doesn't fit in their in their um, you know budget or the lead time to have that component there, you know, that's really where Brickers can can slot in and, and offer a solution for that problem. Do you sell? to uh, dealerships and, and OEMs, some of the parts you guys uh, refurbish, remanufacture? We do. And, and we've, we've been, um, you know, selling to the, uh, to the dealers for, for many years. Um, we got some great relationships with, with all the dealerships that, uh, that we deal with. And once again, it's just about providing them as a solution because instead of the dealership losing that sale, um, instead of their customer not getting taken care of, we're able to offer them a solution for that. Who would you say, or sorry, what what industry would you say is your 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 biggest customer? It's really hard to track because um, you know industries fluctuate. So we we do cater to many different industries, whether it be the civil construction, mining, forestry. Um, you know, if if one industry starts to slow down, usually another one's you know stepping up a little bit. So to say what is our number one industry, it, it's pretty tough to put uh, to put that one. Um, you know, to, to, to give you an answer on that, but we, we like to make sure that our product is diverse enough that we're able to support whoever needs it at any time. Now I had one more question written down here. We wanted to, to go over a bit about social media and, and talk a bit about how Brickers has used social media to, to leverage the, the and grow the business. And then a few points on kind of how you guys use social media to, to stay in touch with the industry and then to keep current with, you know, what projects going on, uh, what equipment's where. Yeah, absolutely. So we, our director of marketing has done a great job of, of building our brand, uh, showcasing the products, the people, 
um, of what we do and, and who we are. So she's really taken a great step in um, in getting our name out there and just in respects to, to staying connected to what's going on. I mean, social media, it's, it's crazy how much it affects what we do in any aspect of life, business and personal, but it's, it's a lifetime, uh, what's going on. And, you know, I certainly credit, um, you know, companies like yourself and, and other, you know, social media platforms and, and accounts, um, really gives us an inside scoop about what the industry is like, what's happening. I mean, I, I really appreciate reading your posts cause you, you really dive into, um, you know, the, the processes and, and what's going on within the companies, within the industries. And it's just a wealth of information. And there's many other accounts similar to yours. Um, you know, certainly I've been the most connected with yourself, but it's just nice to be able to see what's going on, what people are up to, um, what the, what the market's doing, what, what our customers are invested in, what are, you know, what are the needs and it allows us to say, Hey, okay, are we prepared to support this now? Are we prepared to support this later on? And I appreciate the kind words. I'm one of a few on, on social media that like to at least share the Canadian story. There's just lots of people that share, you know, the North America, USA story, but uh, it's, it's great to, to see an industry start adopting the fact they have been, you know, shown off on a global scale and kind of helping people like yourself or anyone else stay connected with the industry or just learn about what the heck's going on out there. And just all these awesome projects and, and great companies and how, how important, you know, mining is how important uh, waste handling is landfills, how important construction is demolition, uh, even down to like, you know, landscaping and, and some of the smaller industries like that. But it's, it's a powerful tool for any business. And I preach it all the time, as you know, to many businesses to get started on there. But uh, you guys are, are obviously all over social media. I always have a good laugh at some of the dad jokes that get that put on uh, the Instagram. But uh, to the listener base, if you aren't following, it's uh, at Brickers, B-R-I-K-E-R-S parts on Instagram. I believe they're on LinkedIn too and Facebook, if I'm correct. You got it. Yeah. So we hopefully we gave you a bit of insight into what Brickers does, a bit about the used equipment parts market and just some, some interesting tidbits of information that, you know, people like myself had no idea of until uh, Matt reached out to me on Instagram and we connected. So I figured it would be fair to put a to podcast together to, to talk a bit about them and, you know, shed some light on a, a, a section of the industry that, frankly, I don't think a lot of people know about. So Matt, thanks for, thanks for being on the show, man. If somebody had questions for you, what's, uh, what's the best way they could get a hold of you? Or and you know what? To add to that, if somebody had parts they needed or equipment they wanted to sell, um, what's the best way they get a hold of you? We certainly want to direct them over to our website. It gives them a, a real wide perspective of who we are, what we do, our facility. Um, the website can be found at www.brickers. Once again, that's b r i k e r s dot com. I got a toll free number, um, our, our office uh, number, and you can reach me personally at my work email. It's simple, just Matt, M-A-T-T, at brickers.com. And yeah, would would love to get connected with more people in the industry and, and love to hear what's going on and, and just basically how we can help support you guys. Yeah, great guy. Highly recommend reaching out if you just want to talk equipment. He's uh, very knowledgeable. I always like to, to keep in touch with Matt. So again, thanks to Matt for being on the show and uh, telling us a bit about Brickers. 
if you enjoyed today's episode, please feel free to share. You know, we're, we're growing organically. I don't really run ads for any of this. So if you've enjoyed any of the previous episodes, enjoyed this episode, or know of anyone who would uh, really like to, or really get value from listening to one of these episodes, please share it with them. I uh, appreciate all the support. And until the next episode, we'll see everyone then. Hey, thanks a lot, Mac. Thanks for having me on.